As the day and the hour of Jesus' death drew ever nearer, he said, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. It is Jesus himself who calls us to draw near, to gather as the body of Christ for the purpose of worshiping him. So come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come, now is the time to worship.
Please be seated. Good morning, church. Welcome. It's so great to be with you all again. If you are visiting, we're so happy you're here. I know you feel right at home already. And if you are new, we'd love to connect with you. Please text the word CONNECT to the number 904-441-6900. And that'll send you a link to our digital Connect card. We'd love to pray with you and connect with you there. We have some great announcements this week. It's a really fun time in the life of our children and students as they promote to their new classes next Sunday. So make sure that if you have a first grader that they go upstairs now on the third floor or if you have a sixth grader, they're now moving to the student center and everyone else will be moving up as well. On Wednesday, when the kids start back to school, Wednesday evening, we're having a special time in the park for our for our children in elementary school, ages first through fifth grade. They're gonna have popsicles at Vail Point Park, so make sure your kids or grandkids know about that. What does that mean for you guys? As we start back to school, as the kids start back, the teachers and the administrators go back, it's our opportunity to pray. And today, all across St. John's County, at all of the schools, elementary, all the way through high school and college, there's gonna be special prayer times beginning at 2 a, at 2 p.m. not in the middle of the night at 2 p.m. this afternoon we're going to be at RB Hunt right down the street Crookshank Elementary Southwoods at 3 p.m. middle schools four high schools and five the gazebo at Flagler College so I pray that you'll make it a priority to attend at least one of those and if you can't set your alarm on your phone and make sure that you're praying with us at home we're excited about what God is doing with our students one more announcement and this one is near and dear to my heart missions weekend is coming up the last weekend of this month and August 27th that Saturday we're doing something completely different Every year we always do a big missions fair in the atrium and you all get to go and see tables and meet people face to face. But this year on Saturday at 8 a.m. we're taking a missions tour and we're going to be going and visiting these missions, local missions partners. And you're going to get to see up close and personal what they do and experience the opportunities that God might have for you. So please go ahead. You have to pre-register for that tour, sign up, text the word missions to that same number, the 904-441-6900 number, and that'll send you the digital link. If you need help with that or if, if you forget the number, then just call me at the church office, Heather Carlton, and I'll get you signed up that way. While I'm on the missions roll, I have some really exciting news for you. We have with us Karina and James Beach, who are our missionaries to Costa Rica. And we are going to have a special time to talk with them right now as they come up. Welcome them, please. Thank you. They have been a part of Anastasia Baptist Church since 2001. They've been to California. They've been all over the world since then. But God has called them to a special ministry in Costa Rica. And I want, you to, I want them to share with you this morning about what they're doing. So what does that look like? Hi, my name is Karina Beach, and I'm so grateful and humbled to be here. Thank you so much for having us. So uh, about five years ago, we went on a mission trip to Costa Rica, and God opened our hearts to missions. 
uh, particularly with children in this indigenous reservation. We are building a shelter, a home for children that are being sexually abused. Um, we are receiving already kids from the moms mostly and some of the um, people like, you know, moms and uh, aunts and just because we, um, yes, uh, my husband's gonna tell a little bit more about that, but that's what we're doing. The Nest is building a shelter for children in Costa Rica. I said it in the first service that my, my old seat is over there. You know, as Baptists, we like to claim our seats, right? <laughs> You're all in my seat. It's nice to be back in this auditorium. This was before the old one was, the new one was built. But it's a, it's a, it's a miracle of God that I'm back here and being able to share this ministry. As my wife said, we went on a short-term missions uh, t trip five years ago. And it was ministering specifically with a Bribri indigenous tribe down in the southeast portion of the country. And we discovered this shameful dark secret that was happening within the tribe, which is a generational custom incest happening with the children. Very dark, very evil. And the, the tribe deals with this and um, teenage pregnancy, teenage suicide, just this shroud of, of dark oppressiveness over this tribe, and we could not look away. And so five years ago, my wife started going down there on a short-term basis, uh, building community, building relationships, and in November of last year, we decided to move full-time. And what we're doing is building a, sh a school and a shelter for the kids. And we love to partner with churches and with individuals that just want to see this work progress. Yeah, and um, one of the reasons that I say I was very grateful is because th through your donations, um, Anastasia Baptist, and have been able to partner with us and they're supporting this ministry. Um, one of the things that I don't want to leave out is my, what is dear to my heart. Yes, there are children and the social you know, injustice and all that, which is great, and we all have to act on that, right? But what's most important to me that I discover inside the reservation is a lot of these tribes and these people have not heard about Jesus. And it's, it's unbelievable, right? That it's this, you know, 2022, there's still people out there that does, hasn't, have not heard the gospel. So we are really going into uh, speaking into these tribes, these women, these churches to help carry the, you know, the, the good news. And um, that is very dear to me because some of these kids do commit suicide at a very early age. And I always tell my, tell my team, let's make sure there's just kids, they, they're ready to meet Jesus if anything happens. And one more question. Uh, we met, Pastor and I sat down and had lunch with the beaches at the beginning of the summer. We heard about their ministry. We heard about what was going on. And they have a special project where they're building small homes. And because of your generosity, because you give your tithe, and a portion of that goes to the Acts 1-8 fund, we had funds available to invest $5,000 in a new home, and that will buy one of the tiny homes that they're building on their property. So do you want to tell us about that real quick? So each home, we have a plan for 10 homes. Um, each home will house four children, and we'll be gathering these children. A lot of the times, the, the mother will bring the child saying there's abuse happening in our family clan, and they want, my, they want their child to be safe, so we'll take in the kids. We're also working with Child Protective Services because often these kids that are removed from these abusive environments are taken away to the cities. And so our homes will provide a, uh, a safe place for them to thrive, to learn how to function in a home that's safe and secure um, with, the, with uh, Bible stories, 
uh, homework, schooling, all happening right there at the nest site. So it's very exciting to see these homes come up out of the jungle, literally we're hacking it out of the rainforest and raising them up. And in addition to being able to partner with them to build one of these homes, God has just put it on our hearts to partner in an even greater way, and that's to go. So we're sending a team, hopefully this January is the date we're looking at, of women to go and minister, to do a women's conference in partnership with the Nest, and to really reach out and minister. So if you're interested in going, then please contact Judy Trippy. She's the one who's going to be spearheading this, but we just can't wait. And if you could just tell us before we walk off, how could we pray for you more and where could we find out more? Because you, this is such a short thing. I don't want you to go home and forget the beaches and forget their ministry. So where do we go? Yes. So um, our website is uh, thenestcostarica.com and we're going to be here at the end of the service. We have cards and we can answer any questions that you might have. Thank you all. So Thank much. you. God tells us through his word that whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. He continues and says, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let's do that. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, on the cross, you let your body be broken and your blood be shed. So often when we celebrate that act in communion, we fail to respond to your love in ways that glorify you. Sometimes we simply go through the motions with the bread and the cup. Other times we might think that we can't come to the table because we don't deserve your love. Or even worse, we think we are such good people that we fail to recognize our need for your grace. So today, as we once again partake of the bread and the cup, forgive us for these and for all our sins as we continue to pray in silence. Lord, you've heard the prayers of your people. We ask now that you move in such a way that brings greatest glory to you and greatest good to your people. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand. Let's sing.
Today we get a privilege of, of being able to join with believers all around the world, do what believers have done all throughout the centuries, and that is to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We're all gathered together as followers of Jesus. We're gathered with a shared experience, and that shared experience is forgiveness. We have been forgiveness, forgiven of our sins. And that forgiveness is free, but it came at a great, great cost. And I'd like to invite you to participate with me. It doesn't matter whether you're Baptist or not. You should have received materials, the elements of the Lord's Supper, uh, when you came in. If you did not get one, if you'll just raise your hand, we have deacons here that will be glad to pass it out to you right now, if you'll just do that. We have someone right here at the front here. Yeah. And I uh, also want you to know that there, there are two layers to this. You peel off the front cellophane and, and you get to where the bread is, if you're not familiar with this. And then underneath, there is the... Uh, foil that covers over the juice, and you'll want to take both of those layers off. And we're gonna we're going to partake of these one at a time, as I direct. But right now, uh, we're gonna pause, reflect in our hearts as we sing another hymn, another song, uh, stanza from this hymn. The body of our Savior Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and when he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake. The blood that cleanses every stain sin shed for you. Drink and remember he drained death's cup that all may enter in to receive the life of God. So we share in this bread we thank you for your precious blood. Lord, we thank you for your body that you gave for us. And Lord, as we partake of this cup and as we had partaken of the bread, Lord, I pray that, that we would take it not only full of gratitude, but Lord, also full of recommitment to you. 
full of, full of commitment to you as Lord of our lives, that we go out this day, Lord, sharing that forgiveness, sharing the truth of your love, that other people could receive what we've received, all at your expense. Lord, we take this in your precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's partake of the cup. stand. with me as we pray for our offering this morning and for God's willing to continue to use this church to reach out such as the family as the beaches go to Costa Rica Lord pray for them and thank God for people that are willing to say yes I'll go for you so let's pray together Father God I do thank you for the offering and the gifts and the talents that are given Lord and, uh, and the tithes Lord thank you for this place. Thank you that we can reach out in so many different ways. As we pray this afternoon for our kids in school, for the administrations, for the teachers as they come and begin to teach our young people again, Lord, let it be a wonderful time. And Lord, as we took these elements this morning to remind us, you're the one that we're serving. And that's what we do is to remind us what you did on the cross for us. And so I rejoice in that. Thank you for the gifts that are given. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Good morning. 
I'm so glad to be in front of you today. Excuse me. Followed the wrong way just before I came up. That's how it always happens. Uh, this week, schools are resuming. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that mother and grandmother say, say, yay, I understand that. There are two things I want to let you know about school starting, okay? Um, the first thing is there's a Christian school in our community that found themselves in a very difficult situation at St. John's uh, Christian Academy. And what happened is they, the problem is that they have grown and uh, they had to put in some, uh, uh, some portable buildings. And then the county told them that, that uh, before they can put the portable buildings in, they have to put in a turn lane. And uh, so anyway, they, ha- they found themselves in a difficult situation. They're taking care of business. And, uh, but anyway, they asked if there a place that, that could have five classrooms that would meet. And so we're opening up our doors here at Anastasia for St. John's Christian Academy for uh, the next starting Labor Day through the fall to help them get through this very difficult time. And we're grateful that we have the room to do that. Um, one of our vision goals, we have vision goals, it's called Time to Run, is that we would be more uh, engaged in uh, the schools in our area. And we find this is a great opportunity for us to minister to that school that's trying to reach kids, trying to teach them, and also teach them about Jesus Christ. So if you see kids, more kids coming on campus here uh, Monday through Friday, that's St. John's uh, Christian Academy. We expect them to be in there September. It might uh, overflow into October or maybe even into November as You know how things go as you're trying to get a building project done. Uh, We will know that soon. Also, um, we have our public schools starting this week. Now, do you know that our public schools in St. John's County, they're rated number one in the state of Florida. Isn't that great? I'm I'm grateful for that. We are proud of our schools. And our school district uh, has someone actually who's tasked with being a liaison to the faith community. It helps us to coordinate ways that churches can be engaged in public schools. I think there's no accident that that just working together in our community and churches together, I think I think it's no accident that they were number one in the state. I think I think that's a credit to our, our leadership of our school district and the churches that are here. And our school district has this tradition that uh, uh, Heather Carlton mentioned and, and leaders in our school district. Now, this is not official. They can't do this officially, but leaders in our school district have asked if, if churches would come and pray for schools the Sunday before school starts. And so that's what today is, the Sunday before school starts. And Heather told you that there are going to be people praying in front of um, the local schools. I'm going to be at R.B. Hunt Elementary School, being a captain with Pastor Sam uh, there in front of R.B. Hunt School, the school that's closest uh, to our church at 2 o'clock p.m. And I want you to know, Anastasia, I am so proud of you. So proud of you for the turnout that you come out on that day before school starts. We're going to have people there at at any of the elementary schools at 2 p.m., any of the middle schools at 3 p.m., any of the high schools at 4 p.m., and at Flagler College at the gazebo at 5 p.m., 2, 3, 4, 5. I can't count. I need to go back to school. Uh, But anyway, you've heard the call. You've been out there. Do you realize there are about 10 or 12 schools in our county that there's no churches that have responded and I'm just so grateful that you guys are going to be there. I just implore you to come out and be a part of this with us. And here's why. We, we won't be out there a long time. I'll be out there at Arby Hunt. I'm not going to catch up on my prayer life in front of the flagpole because I know it's hot. Okay. We're going to pray for the schools, the teachers, the administrators, everybody. But, but you know, it's one thing when the government removes public prayer from schools. And we hear about that. 
But what happens when Christians are invited to pray and no one shows up? I mean, I I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So I I hope I'm proud again this afternoon. I'll be out there 2 p.m. at RV Hunt, and and we're going to pray for our schools. And I'd like to just pray now for the start of school season. And if you are a teacher, if you are a school staff, if you drive school bus, if you're a homeschool teacher, Christian school teacher, public school teacher, if you're in this room, would would you just stand right now? Do we have anybody in here? Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray for you, and and you might want to extend your hands near to some of these people. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would be, uh, as the start of this school year, that this would be a time, Lord, when when, uh, then the growth and education of our children starts and, and continues. Lord, the mentoring of our kids. And I pray for teachers. And I pray for administrators. And I pray for support staff. And Lord, I pray for those in our public schools, Lord, in our Christian schools, Lord. I pray for families who invest in homeschooling. Lord, I pray for safety. I pray for healthy, encouraging learning environments. I pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray for grace and mercy. Lord, that that our kids would not only learn facts, but they would grow in knowing you. In your precious name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you. And and those in education, thank you for what you are doing. You are, uh, my wife is a teacher. I just say you are are, uh, in a, a position where you're not thanked enough. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd like you to take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And, uh, you know, August and September, and then also the time around January, it's a unique time of year. It's a time when people start reevaluating goals. This time of year, this is, this is when people say, well, the school year's starting. Maybe this year I want to do uh, this or, or take care of that project. How many of you would feel good as you're starting the school year time if you were more productive, how much do you feel good if you got some stuff done? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all would feel good when we're more productive. So we think about that. Like, how many of you would feel good if, if in this fall time you finished a project? Or, or just think about it. If you, if you bought all your Christmas gifts by Thanksgiving, how many of you would feel really good? Because there's only 139 shopping days until Christmas, right? If you got that done... You got that done by Thanksgiving. Wouldn't you feel really good? Yeah. You know, we, we start talking about productivity and, and, and high yield. And, and those are things that, that are compatible with the word of God. But the word of God uses a different term. In biblical terms, the, the word is fruitfulness. And I want to talk about fruitfulness and fruitfulness in your life, fruitfulness in this season of your life. So would you please stand with me in honor of God's word? This is John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Jesus said this to his disciples. This is what he said. He said, I am the vine, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and and withers and the branches are gathered 
thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, bless it as we seek to implant it into our hearts and lives. Amen. You may be seated. So it starts out, this, this passage, a very famous passage. It's the passage of the vine and the branches, and Jesus is the true vine. And Jesus sets out some relationships in, in verses 1 and 2. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, the gardener, the master gardener. And then every branch in me, and that's us. So you see, Jesus is the true vine. We are the branches. And, and this is a stunningly clear picture of what discipleship is. You know what discipleship is? It's being connected as closely as we possibly can with Jesus. That's what it is. You know, we, we have a definition. We have a working definition, those on staff, working definition of what, dis, what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who has faith in Jesus Christ. You can't be a disciple if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone who is being transformed by Christ. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect yet, but, but God is working his work in you. A disciple is someone who's being transformed by Christ. And if you're not letting Jesus Christ transform your life, you're not a disciple. That's part of discipleship is letting him transform you. And then a disciple is someone who is engaged in Christ's mission, like the beaches here. You're doing what God has called you to do. You can't be, you're not a follower of Jesus if you don't follow him where he tells you to go, Right? So a disciple is someone who has faith in Jesus Christ, is someone who is being transformed by Jesus Christ, and is engaged in Christ's mission. That's what a disciple is. And really what that is, that, that's being connected. And, and the closer the connection, the more we grow. The closer the connection, though, the more we surrender and come under his influence, and, and the greater the spiritual yield. So the first point I want to make in my truths of the vineyard, God's vineyard, is this. High yielding leads to a high yield. When I'm talking about high yielding, I'm talking about high surrender, the capacity for us to, to put our lives under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And if you want, if you want to be the best that you can be this season, then, then what you do is you, you put your life underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. You yield to him in every way possible. You know, God has a plan for you, and that plan for you is to be fulfilled. So in our picture here that Jesus is setting, he says that God is the vine dresser. The Father is the vine dresser. Now, the vine dresser is the one who's taking care of anything. And the vine dresser, he wants the, he wants the vine to produce. And he's the one who defines what fruitfulness is. And in his plan, the vine dresser has determined that the vine is Jesus Christ. He's the source of life. He's the source of nutrition. He's the source of strength. He is the vine. And we are the branches. And the branches yield to the vine. And the more we yield the more we yield to him, the more we're going to produce in his power. So high yielding brings a high yield. You know, in the Old Testament, if I wanted to be connected to God in the Old Testament, I wanted to be in community with the kingdom of Israel. I wanted to be in community with the children of God. And so even in the picture in the Old Testament is that Israel was the vine. 
that Israel was, was that vine, but then out of that vine came the root of Jesse. Out of that vine came the true vine, Jesus Christ. So now we're connected to Jesus. But God is still doing this. He's still working his plan. And so that plan that moved from the nation of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, the children of Israel to Jesus um, is continuing on in Jesus Christ. So Isaiah 27 says this, in that day, that's when the Lord will return. In that day, the day of judgment. In that day, a pleasant vineyard, sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. And every moment I water it, God's still watering his vine. Are you getting that? He's still watering his vine. He's still taking care of things, okay? Uh, Lest anyone punish it, I keep it night and day. He's still keeping us. In days to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. God is still taking care of everything and his plan is gonna continue on through the whole world, okay? Now, uh, the nation, the children of Israel, that was the vine that introduced us to the true vine, Jesus Christ. And in that vine, there is There is nutrition, there is power, there is strength. That comes through the sap, okay? That's the Holy Spirit. Through the vine, we get the sap. We get the Holy Spirit to give us strength and to grow. And then we are the branches, okay? And God has a plan for the branches. If I look at verse 2 of our passage, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. God has a plan. He wants you to be more productive spiritually than you are right now. He wants you to be more fulfilled than you are now. Do you realize that God wants you, God wants you to be more in, his, in, his, in fellowship with him now than, than you were before? And he wants you to continue to grow. The Lord wants me to be fruitful. That's the next thing to write down. God's not trying to keep you down. God's not trying to spend all his time figuring out how much he's going to punish you. I mean, some people think that. God, God has his, his uh, thunderbolts at the ready, his lightning rods at the ready. He's just going to go the minute you step a, a foot out of place. But that's not God's plan. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to live the abundant life, okay? So he has a plan for you to be more fruitful, but there are things that keep us from being fruitful. And, and one of the things we don't, might not recognize what fruitfulness is, you might think that fruitful means my bank account is heavy. You know, my bank account is full or my house is nice. That's not necessarily fruitful in the eyes of God. Let me tell you what God says is fruitful. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. You know this, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The, full, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. So that's, that's the fruit. Okay, so God wants you to be fruitful. He wants love to grow in you. He wants kindness to grow in you and patience. And he wants self-control, all these things to grow in you. And God wants you to be fruitful. You know why? Fruitfulness proves that the vine is alive. You know, you can, you can talk to your blue in the faith with people that are, that are non-Christian about the, the truth of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ is alive. But when they see Jesus Christ in you, the fruit that's produced, that is proof that Jesus Christ is alive. The, the fact, that, the fact that, that you're producing fruit shows that God really cares, okay? High quality, high quantity fruit shows off the work of the vine dresser, you know? So we, we want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. God wants you to be fruitful because it proves to the world that he's alive and powerful in this world. So he wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be productive in him. So he wants you to have that abundant, thriving life in him. Uh, there are things that keep us from that. 
and there's work that has to be done. Look at verse 2. See what goes into being fruitful in the vine. Verse 2. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Ouch. Ouch. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That hurts. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Ouch again. Okay. This doesn't seem fair. It seems seems like you lose either way, doesn't it? You know, either way, you're going to get cut. Right? Isn't that what it says? If it doesn't bear fruit, he's going to cut you. And if if he does bear fruit, he's going to cut you. Okay. Uh, How how do you get away from that? You know, I had had a, a... a grapevine several years ago. I planted it first year, there's no fruit. Second year, there's no fruit. Third year, got my first grapes. I took a picture of them. Here's the picture of my grape. First three grapes ever on my, on my vine that I had, okay? Then the fourth year started producing. But in order for it to produce, here's what you got to do with the grapevine. You got to cut it back drastically. I mean, you got to cut it back drastically every year because if you don't, you just get a mess of vines and they strangle each other. They, they just strangle each other. And so uh, you, you got to cut it back. And so I, I, I grew a little, I, I built a little support for it. And, and then I, I cut the vine back. And then I positioned the ones that stayed so they had the support of that grape arter. And there was a lot of cutting. Every branch that does not bear fruit gets cut. But every branch that does bear fruit still gets cut. Sometimes growing is painful. And uh, I think we get confused and we're not fruitful enough because we associate blessing with the absence of pain. And sometimes those are just so different concepts that they're not necessarily related. Blessing in the absence of pain, that's, that's not it. Sometimes God blesses us through the pain. And so what I want to say to us is that productive is not the same thing as pain-free. And you can write that down. Productive is not the same as pain-free. Pain does not mean that God abandons you. You know, if you're still with him and there's pain in your life, it's not because God is abandoning you. He will use that opportunity to help you grow. And you'll look back at life and you'll find some of the hardest parts of your life are the times you learn so much in the power of Jesus. And so I just, I just want to encourage you, uh, don't think God abandoned you. When pain comes, the Lord doesn't want us to hurt. He, he does want us to grow. One of the reasons we don't bear fruit is this, and this is coming from verse 4. I think a lot of us live in this uh, passage. If you're someone who's, who likes to get things done, I'm very task-oriented. I like to get things done. It's very easy to, to fall into this trap. John chapter 15, verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Do you ever try to bear fruit by yourself? <laughs> you ever try to just get things done? I, I, can, I can fall into that trap so easily. But the picture of this branch is, is, is that it can't produce fruit because it's not connected to the vine. A branch that's, that's cut off from the vine is not going to be fruit-bearing. It's just going to be dead. Okay? So this is, this is the point I want to make. We're not fruitful when we try to be the vine. Don't try to be the vine. Don't try to be the Savior. Okay? Be the best branch you can be. Be connected to Jesus, but don't try to be the vine. You know, when we produce... When we try to produce spiritual results through human activity, we always fail. Okay? This is the problem with the kingdom of Israel. They were trying to live as though they were spiritually alive, but they had become disconnected from God and they weren't following him. And what had happened, they'd become a wild vine. They were producing wild grapes. And wild grapes don't yield as good 
as cultivated grapes. I cannot produce spiritual fruit without the power of God. I got to be connected to him. I want to spend my time with him in prayer. I want to read his word. I want to be around other Christians that are going to encourage me. I want to be connected to the vine, you know, because I'm not the vine. Say that with me. I am not the vine. One more time. I am not the vine. Jesus is the vine. Okay, stay connected to Jesus. That's what we want to do. Because here's what we do when we don't stay connected to the vine. What we do is we try to be devoted, but we start thinking the, the plans of our devotion, the plans of our following faith are what everybody needs to do, and we turn devotion into legalism. Or on the other hand, on the other side of this, you know, we don't want to be connected to Jesus. We, we start seeing sin through the eyes of sinners rather than through the eyes of God. And that looks totally different. When we see a sin through the eyes of other uh, people in the world, we just start comparing our sins with theirs. And, and instead of repenting, we rationalize, right? And we say, you know, I'm just not doing as bad as that person is, so what's the problem here? You know, hey, and so instead of aiming for forgiveness, we aim for permissiveness. If I let them do more, then I can do more because I'm going to be better than they are. You know, that's not the way to go. Today, we're in a country founded on the principles of Christ and his kingdom, okay? Today, we're in a country with followers of Christ, supposedly the salt and light in this community. We have people in power all throughout the local, the state, the federal area, people in power all throughout our culture engaged in sexual exploitation. Mass shootings are happening on a regular basis. We have children being sold and trafficked for unspeakable purposes, Kids left parentless because of the abundance of drugs flowing. That's not a description of a Christian nation. That's the, that's the description of people trying to live their own lives in their own power. That's, that's the description of life not connected to the vine. Folks, we got to be connected to the vine so we can help other people get connected to the vine. Okay? And the answer is Jesus, because I'm not the vine. Say it. I am not the vine. Jesus is the vine. And you know what happens when we, when we have the fruit of our unsinfulness? Because, you know, we bear fruit all the time. If you're alive, you're bearing fruit. Did you know that? It might be spiritual fruit. It might not be spiritual fruit. But we're always bearing fruit. What happens to the fruit that we, that we bear? I brought some fruit with me. These are grapes. I thought I'd bring them up here because... We're doing Lord's Supper today. That's the fruit we're talking about. But the Bible says, you know, the Bible says in Revelation 14 that God's going to take the fruit and there's going to come a time where he's going to pronounce judgment on the fruit. Is this good fruit or bad fruit? And this is what he says in Revelation 14. He says to an angel, an angel says to another angel, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vines of the earth for its grapes are ripe. So what they're doing is they're going to gather all the fruit of the world, the fruit of all of our actions. We're always bearing fruit, okay? He says the, the fruit is ripe, the fruit is ready to go, okay? So he has it. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth, gathered the grape harvest of the earth, and he threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. What did he do to the, to the fruit of all our work? Well, this is what he did God's wrath came. And it came pounding down. On the earth. That's not pretty, is it? That is not pretty. And this is, what, this is what's going to happen 
at the end of time. All the stuff you thought was really good, it's going to turn into nothing. And um, the Bible says, you know, in Revelation 15, it's very interesting. That's when God starts pouring out the bowls of wrath onto the world. Well, where'd that bowl of wrath get filled up with? Well, I think, just coming earlier, it's the, the result of the sinfulness of the world. And you know, when, when those bowls of wrath start getting poured out on the world, really what it is, it's the consequences of sin. God's not going to pour out wrath. He's not going to pour his judgment out on anything other than what we deserve. And that's what he's saying. And so that's why it's so important for us to be able to trust in the Lord. Because you know what Jesus did? You know what Jesus did when he went to the cross? Here's what he did. He took the fruit of our sinfulness. He took my sins. He took your sins. The sins of everybody all over the world. And for all the centuries. He took all these sins. And you know what he did? He went to the cross. And you know what happened on the cross? The wrath of God. came pounding down on Jesus as he took the penalty for all our sins, your sins, my sins. That's what he did. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took the full brunt of the wrath of God for you and for me. That's what he did. And you know what happened to the wrath then? This is what happened. See if I can do this. He said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And he took the wrath of God for us so we wouldn't have to take the wrath. What I want to say to you is that we all desperately need the true vine because we can't face the wrath of God on our own. Is that true? We can't face the wrath of God. He is the only one that can face the wrath of God and live and give us life. And so we desperately need the vine. Jesus said in verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need Jesus because you cannot bear the wrath of God on your own. I cannot either. What does that mean to need Jesus? What it means is that, do you believe that Jesus died for you? Do you believe he came to earth in human form? I do. Do you believe that he died for you on the cross? Do you believe that when he died for you on the cross, he was dying for your sins and not mine? Do you believe that he conquered death? Do you believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe that he's your Lord and Savior? That we follow him? You know, if you believe that and then you live your life as though that is true, 
That's faith, okay? You take those beliefs and you marry it with your action. That's what faith looks like. And if you have faith in him, then Jesus said, I will forgive you of your sins and I'll take all the pounding for you. That's what it means to trust in Jesus. And if you've not done that today, I just pray right now that you let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Do you let Jesus take the pounding for you? And you start off with a new start. Would you do that now? Where you are, just say, I need Jesus. And, and, and say, Lord Jesus, I do believe you're alive. I do believe you're Lord. I do believe in the forgiveness. And I'm committing my life to you from this day forward. If you've not done that, would you do that right now? Where you are. It is the most important decision that you can make. And then once you do that, the last truth I want to share with you is this. Then let Jesus bear through fruit through you. We burn ourselves out because we try to do all the work ourselves. But the power's here, right? The power's in Jesus, okay? He it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. You have a Savior. You have a Lord. He loves you. He wants you to be fruitful. And the key to it is Jesus. Because I am not the vine. Jesus is the vine. Trust in him today. Would you? Trust in him today. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the power in your word. Lord, I thank you so much that you took the pounding for us, Lord, so that we wouldn't have to. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would help us to, if there's someone in this room that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would, they would see our desperate, desperate need for you, that we can't face the wrath of God on our own. Lord, I pray that someone right now is saying, yes, Lord, I will accept your forgiveness and I'll trust in you. And Lord, I pray if, if, if there's someone that's feeling burnt out, that they've been trying to manufacture success, Lord, that they get closer to you. And Lord, anything good that comes, Lord, you're, you are the vine. We give you all the glory. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. If the Lord is speaking to you, I, I encourage you to come forward, whether it's to be a member of this church, whether it's to present yourself for baptism, whether it's to call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want help in taking that next step, whatever God is calling you to do, you come as we stand and as we sing.
receive your blessing from God's word. May the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you as you abide in Jesus. Now go out to deepen your roots and develop your fruits. And all God's people who committed to doing so said, Amen. Thank you.